Culture Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey. I'm Matt. And in authority, <laughs> some authorities at the uh, Ontario Police Department said that I should probably tell you my name is Ron. So, yeah, uh, my name is Ron. Okay. Today's another episode and installment of our What If series, where we take different various scenarios, both fiction and nonfiction, and put a little what-if twist to them. Ooh. Some of our what-ifs in the past include what if Bruce Wayne's parents never died? What if Jaws was not a blockbuster success? What if Jessica loves to be back? <laughs> and what if WCW beat the WWF? But today we're going to be talking about none of that. We're not going to be talking today... about Jessica. No, Jessica's gone, Ron. <laughs> so I'll start. So my what if... My first what if, I'll start, because we debate before every show who's going to go first, and I believe I have the weakest one today, so I will go first. Nice. That is not a hint of how we do things, that is just my opinion. Yeah. Um, But that is not a criteria of how we do things here. In my opinion, that is a fact. My My what if is, what if Eddie Brock got bit by the spider instead of Peter Parker? Ooh. Ooh. So, first, Eddie's on the trip. Eddie's or Eddie's there at the lab. Eddie gets bit. Eddie goes through the same type of mutation and physical changes that Peter goes through. In this scenario, he doesn't figure out how to make web shooters. They just come out of his arms or hands like, you know, the Raimi movies, because that just makes more logical sense. So that's what happens. Peter Parker goes on, continues to be a nerd. Uncle Ben does not die. And he goes throughout his high school career, you know, does things, is interested in photography, tries to go out with Mary Jane. She's not interested in him. He's still a scrawny little kid. Flash beats him up. Uh, he gets bullied a lot. And so on. But Eddie, on the other hand, Eddie uses these newfound powers and finesse to do what? Commit crime. Because why not? Eddie would... This is what I think Eddie would do. I think Eddie would work for the Bugle. And I think he would get in with J. Jonah Jameson. He would flat out tell... JJ, this is what this is who I am. This is what I'm gonna do, and we're gonna be rich because I'm going to take all the pictures myself of Spider-Man doing all these heinous things, being a menace to society. Capture it all on film. It's gonna be front page news all the time. Spider-Man would be a villain. Whether or not he would have the red and blue suit, mm, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say he would look more. Probably more like how Daredevil looked in season one of the TV show on Netflix. 
more like dressed in black uh and kind of like look a little bit more menacing and tough but he would still have the powers of the spider hopefully less of a blindfold though because i mean that would that would get in the way right yes less of a blindfold i think he would have some kind of a mask maybe since this is my what if scenario a kind of variation of the black suit spider-man Okay. And he would have the cuz he was bit by a spider, he knows he had he can climb on walls, shoot webs. So maybe have the logo. He's still called Spider-Man, so it would be like more black suit. Um Peter Parker would try to work at the Bugle. Eddie would and maybe Peter would try to play the hero, try to find out what's going on. Maybe Peter ends up in an untimely, you know, demise and disappears. But Eddie's committing crime. Okay. Now New York has a menace. Oh. Who steps up to save to try to save the city and try to do some good? Peter Porker. Mike does. No, he just he just disappeared. Mikey oh. does. No, I'm not in the I'm in the real world. Tony Stark. Batman. No, that's a good guess. Doctor Otto Octavius. Oh, he's Doc being the Ock. genius. Being the genius that he is, has no need to go and rob banks and commit crimes to do, to build all these fancy machines and toys. Instead, the city, the government, pays him because he's the smartest person in their realm to put a stop to this menace. Doctor Otto Octavius puts on the the. He gets the implant with the tentacles, but they do not corrupt his mind. Question. Hmm. Was was Doc Ock a direct correlation to Peter? Like in Spider Man Two? Like is that kinda how the story worked? Like was was Spider Man directly involved in Doctor Octopus becoming a thing? Um I, to be honest, I don't remember. I've never actually read Amazing Spider-Man number three, so I can't tell you if Doc Ock's true origin story. Okay. Um, but I'm going by with like the Raimi movie. Okay. Considering we that's what we talked about. Right. Um, so I don't hundred percent know off the top of my head. But if you have read Superior Spider-Man, where Doc Ock and Peter kind of switch minds, switch bodies. Yeah. Doc Ock ends up first, he ends up doing good as Spider-Man. He does things a little bit more unconventional and bends the rules a bit. But he ends up being a good guy. And I think that's what would happen here. He would put logic into it. He would think about it and use his mind to try to solve the problems and try to stop Eddie. I think eventually Doc Ock would discover the conspiracy that's going on between Eddie and J. Jonah Jameson. Meanwhile, all the other rogues gallery villains are out there and they're doing their thing. However, some of them align with Eddie Brock. Some of them don't. And some of them align with Octavius or do their own thing. And Octavius and Eddie have to stop them both because they're interfering with both of their plans. So now you have a New York City that's just in chaos. So just New York City. 
Pretty much. Zing! You have Norman Osborn, who becomes the Goblin. But what does he do? So the Goblin serum makes him crazy. He goes about trying to just create chaos. And Dr. Octopus can't have that. Or Dr. Octavius. Whatever he's going to call himself. Let's just say Dr. Octopus, because that's just what he is. He goes and has to save him. But, as Green Goblin is dropping pumpkin bombs and destroying parts of the city, the people of New York want more information. So other news outlets start covering that story. So now, Eddie and JJ, in order to keep the bugle money running and keep the bugle money flowing on Eddie, Eddie has to stop Green Goblin. So, in a way, Eddie sort of becomes an anti-hero a little bit. Because he has to stop these villains so he can be the one to go and commit crimes and atrocities. But while he's doing this, they have no care whatsoever for property damage, human lives, or any of this. The only person that kind of does is Octavius because he's being paid for by the government to put a stop to them. I believe that this would lead to the Avengers eventually after a few years of this going on stepping in and having to put new york city on a kind of a lockdown because if you think about it spider-man daredevil share a lot of uh the rose gallery um then you have luke cage iron fist uh as part of like the defenders and they are more on like the street level versus like the cosmic cross international level of like the Avengers are at. So eventually the streets of New York become so chaotic. You do have Frank Castle come up out of nowhere to try to put a stop to Spider-Man. And he's still pretty much Frank is the only one who's kind of remains constant. And he's like your control of all this because he still plays the role of the Punisher. You have Eddie Brock Spider-Man trying to commit crimes, but still stopping some villains who are taking away his money. And then you have Octavius being the protagonist in this scenario. I don't think this would be a good comic book, mind you. I think this would not sell well. I think it'd be a good, like, one-if, what-if issue, and, like, a little bit like a one-shot, or like a one-shot, like, three-issue arc. But if they had tried this in the beginning with like the amazing Dr. Octavius, this would not have sold. I don't know. I kind of disagree. I think that that's a really, I think that it's a really cool story. I think there's a lot that you could play with there. Yeah, there's a lot of different scenarios yeah, that you could go with. Like the idea of basically the rogues gallery being split in half and like having to choose a side between the corrupt news organization or the government aided <laughs> guy trying to take him down. Like, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, no, I think that's super interesting. I, do, I would I, like to write that comment. I think oh. it'd be pretty cool for Spider-Man's crew to be called the Sinister Six because that would, wow, probably, they should be, that would make, oh. it would make the most sense because he's the one that's being written by the daily bugle. So like, the da- the sinister six makes a much more makes a much better headline than anything else. And the one thing Spider Man 
would have in this case, or Eddie Brock Spider-Man, is actually funding and money because J.J. would give him what he needs to go and perform these elaborate crimes. I think he would try to recruit someone like Mysterio for the sake of, like, Master of Illusions. Um, you definitely need, like, street, like, grunts, like, thugs, like Shocker and Rhino in there, too. Um, could probably have Matt Gargan as Scorpion. Yeah. Yeah. And Craven would definitely be on Dr. Octopus' side. It's the your... Goblin, I think, would be on his own. Wild card. Yeah. Wild card. Um, the Prowler would be on... Yeah, the Prowler... Well, actually, I think Kingpin would play a role here, too. And Kingpin would have his, like, Smythe the Prowler. They would do their thing. Yeah, I think the, um, Spy- I think the Spider Slayer would be on Octopus's side, though. I think so. And I think the Lizard also. Once... Because Octavius would have figured out how to make him have control. Yeah. And I think the Lizard would also have been on Octavius' side. Kind of like doing, like, a, like a Hulk thing where he can, like, kind of control it whenever he wants to. Yeah. But then... And then ultimately, Eddie is just out there committing crimes. But I think the Avengers would eventually step in once Frank Castle, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, nobody could really put a stop to these guys and like what's going on since New York city is their home. Everybody would kind of have to put it on lockdown and they would have to just be like, really what's going on. If Octavius couldn't figure out how to stop Eddie once and for all himself, What's I going also on think... over there, guys? <laughs> I actually, I, also I think... really like this. I'm sorry, Mike. No, I was going to say one last thing. I also think Dr. Octavius, being the genius that he is, would know that any of these villains, if captured, were too dangerous to be left alive, and they would have to be killed. <gasps> the Suicide Squad! I love it. Oh. <laughs> we call it Suicide Squad! <laughs> Yep, that's exactly what he would do. Oh, sorry, there's a copyright on that. We're the we're the Mike B. Dead Maniacs. <laughs> we're the suicidal tendencies. <laughs> I my one thing was like the whole time when you were talking about all of this, Mike. The whole thing I was thinking of was like, man, Peter Parker would just have nothing. Like the <laughs> only thing that like made his life not suck was being Spider Man. So, like, taking those powers away would just make him just so sad of a person. <laughs> yes, he would just be himself. Unless he is the one who gets finds the symbiote suit and becomes <gasps> Venom. Whoa! Uh. And then you have the clash of ideas. Do you have Eddie Brock Spider-Man versus Peter Parker's Venom? Well, wouldn't... And then what does he do? Wouldn't Peter Parker's Venom be corrupted anyway? He would, but would he side with Eddie knowing what he knows that Eddie and J. Jonah Jameson are behind all the crimes and, like, staging things? Yeah. Would he try to put a stop to them? Would he be wild card like the Goblin? Or would he join up with the government forces? Hmm. Maybe the symbiote was a government, was held by the government that got out just as budding scientist Peter Parker was in the same laboratory. I don't know. I'm grasping at straws here.
Um, yes. So that is my what if. What if Eddie Brock became Spider-Man? I think it would be a very dark comic, dark story. And it wouldn't be so happy-go-lucky type thing. I think it would be very reminiscent of like the Punisher. Very violent, very not gory, but um, it definitely not for kids or teens. It'd be like an adult comic. Good. Yeah. You should yeah, write that. Kids and teens don't need to be reading stuff like that. I only want to read adult-oriented things. You should, because you're 40. <laughs> no, I think that's a good one, Mike. I think you should, like, consider writing that. Yeah. That plays Pitch in... to Marvel? That plays in standard. Yeah, why not? I'd use that right. Right? Sure. <laughs> Pitch it to Marvel. Donnie Coates, future friend of the show. If you're listening, please at me. He writes the current Venom comic. Oh, okay. For those of you who don't know. So, Matt, what is your what if? Okay. So, my what if, I'm kind of taking a... I'm moving away from the from the comic world. Uh, so, guys, what if rock music did not exist? So, this is a pretty big question. Uh, rock music uh, is pretty influential in a lot of music now and has in in between the 50s and now uh, a lot of people think that the they're doing research for this there's a very big debate on what was the first rock and roll song a lot of people like to claim that rocking around the clock by um what was it, Benny and the Bill Comets? Bill Haley and the Comets. Bill Haley and the Comets. Rock, we're going to rock around the clock tonight. Was the first rock and roll song. Well, it's kind of, as the years go on, it's kind of uh, becoming that the first rock song was actually Rocket 88 that was ri- written by Ike Taylor and sung by Jackie Brenston. So listening to that song, it's kind of like, it's definitely like it basically it's just an up-tempo blues song and it has a lot of the like normal rock and roll like drums drum playing and guitar riffs and all of that and whatever but so if that either rock around the clock or rocket 88 were, were didn't were not made i think that instead of bands like rock bands, a lot of the famous singers in those bands are still a part of either like big band, like Frank Sinatra or like Ella Fitzgerald or like just stuff like that. Or they kind of go into more of like the R&B or soul movement or Motown movement, which comes in the sixties a little bit later. Um, so, like, thinking that, like, Paul McCartney, well, he wouldn't, he would probably become, like, a blues or a country singer because he was heavily influenced on the blues and stuff. Or pop music, because pop music's still around. Uh, basically, what I'm kind of getting at is I think that solo artists would be more well-known. So, like, I think that people like Marvin Gaye, Diana Ross, Lionel Richie, Whitney Houston, like, Rod Stewart, like... These sorts of bands 
or musicians would be more well known because that would be a lot of the music and someone like Sam Cooke would be an absolute visionary of the scene because he was one of the first people to like he would be one of the original people to like come into this world and just pop off because he has such a natural singing voice. Sam Cooke is already amazing. If you don't know him, check him out. Oh, he's absolutely amazing. I'm not, I'm not saying he isn't, but like he would probably be, I don't want to say as be big as the Beatles, but like he Whoa. would, he like someone like him would be a household name. Like everyone would know who Sam Cooke is. Everyone would have listened to like Ella Fitzgerald's or Louis Armstrong's jazz records or like Stevie Wonder soul records it and Marvin Gaye's Motown records like I mean they're well known now but they would be more mainstream uh than they already are but I think I think that like famous singers that because of rock music would still be around so like I think someone like Stevie Nicks I think Bruce Springsteen would be in a would be like a blues player and same with like Tom Petty and Paul McCartney and John Lennon would probably make like a country music group and stuff like that. I still think that isn't country though a variation of rock. Uh, modern country is old school country. Like Willie Nelson's just a dude in a, with a guitar. Uh, why would British people play country music? Because the Beatles were heavily influenced on country music. And really? yeah, yeah, they're or the Quarrymen. Their original band was a a genre music's called skiffle right yes where it was basically country music um before they ended up becoming the silver beetles and went more towards pop but they were heavily influenced by country and um r&b r&b yeah um it's very noticeable because in a lot of their early records they have covers of like r&b songs and they had at least one country song per album. In fact, a lot of the songs that Ringo Starr did after he left the Beatles were country songs. Yeah. So I think a lot... need to, like, listen to this. Yeah. I think a lot of pop musicians would still live on. I think people like Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, and, like, hell, like, George Michael, they would still be, like, pretty much singers that have just natural talent would be able to be pro like shown off is basically kind of what i'm getting down to like all so it'd be more like singular like single acts than like so it'd either be single acts or like big band kind of yeah. things instead of just like you know uh you know four or five people playing right and i think i think pop music would also be around but it would be a lot different like in the 70s and 80s i feel like in in this world ska music would also be big because it's like big band Plus, like, you know, something else. So, Scott would be huge. It's just, yeah, it's just, in, but it wouldn't be, it, it, it wouldn't be, like, surf music. It would kind of just be, like, fast jazz. Oh. Which sounds awesome. <laughs> I would totally skank pit in that. <laughs> so, like, punk wouldn't be around? No. And grunge? No. Wouldn't pop and like boy bands be around? Yes. Yes, I think that's the point that he's trying to make. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so I know I would because you said Michael Jackson would. Yeah, yeah, he would be around. Yeah, but who? Pop music might be totally different. It might be like yeah. on the radio would probably be like 
Michael Jackson in front of like a big band. It'd be like, and now we go to Michael Jackson in the Hollywood Dome, and he's singing like Mac the Knife and like stuff like that. <laughs> what year did the um the, the first rock and roll song supposedly come out? Uh, nineteen fifty one. Yeah, the early 50s. 1951. So that was when Rocket prior... 88 came out. Rock Around the Clock was like. In... So prior to that, you had songs like Enter San, Mr. Sandman. Enter <laughs> Sandman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I almost caught slipping there. You had songs like Mr. Sandman. Right? Yeah. Bring us a dream. Yeah, basically, like jazz or like. Like just bubblegum kind of yeah. Think of like Frankie Valley, and um, the like, Four Seasons, and and the Four Seasons, and like Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack and stuff like that. Yeah, as well as having like jazz music like Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, like all that sort. Of so you would have like poppy jazz, pop music, would have all from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I think the world would be a lot better. Wow, what are you, a mom from the 1950s? <laughs> I don't, no, don't don't get me wrong. Like punk rock, punk rock is still like my favorite. Mm. But right. if you're like you know jamming out to Mr. Sandman and that's like the hot song that all the cats are dancing to. Hello <laughs> and welcome to 94 KBBL with uh, Whitney Houston saying, Mr. Sandman, let's take it away. Mr. Sandman! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think like, because like you got to, so music influenced, a lot of music influenced fashion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And so music influenced fashion, and it also influenced a lot of, like, art and um, lifestyle. I guess lifestyles, but yeah, I think you would have had things be more, I don't want to say classy, because, like, classy <laughs> in the sense that we think now, like, the 40s. Yeah. You know how Sinatra used to dress? Like, everybody used to wear hats, ties, Suit and, like, hat. the jacket. Yeah. Right. I think, like, that would have kept going, and then that would have evolved to today like you wouldn't have denim jackets ripped jeans leather jackets like that you wouldn't have um <laughs> like the different crazy hairstyles i think everything would have been more like buttoned up do you think everyone's just walking around like a greaser these days no but they were, they were walking around everybody was walking around like a greaser and then that evolved into like a hippie and then that evolved into like that hair metal into. that's not no. and then that evolved to like neons with like like vanilla ice and then <laughs> and then you got like the skater look out of that i Can love I just... how it went from greasers hippies vanilla ice skaters <laughs> no you've got hair metal <laughs> of course then vanilla ice can, can i just say i'm still picturing in my head metallica playing mr sandman <laughs> mr sandman somewhere <laughs> Give me your dreams! Oh, no, no, no! <laughs> a lot of people would be unemployed. Bum, 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 bum! <laughs> if Mike, I love the dystopian positivity of your... Of, I love how it's like, just like, wow, nothing would change. 
we would all <laughs> look exactly the same. It's like those memes where it's like a very obviously futuristic place, and it's like, you know, oh, uh, if blank didn't exist, it's, <laughs> you know, if oil didn't exist, like we'd have this good future. If rock music didn't exist, I we was... wouldn't have the damn greasers walking around with their, with their jackets that are all torn up in their language. And the... And their wacky cigarettes. <laughs> and their everybody would be dressed ice. like everybody would be dressed like it's nineteen forty seven. Everybody would have a transatlantic accent on the radio. <laughs> well, I don't see what, like what just sounds great. I what I don't world really... are you living in? <laughs> a good one. <laughs> a better one. The nineteen forties, a better world by Mike <laughs> by Mikey. <laughs> Oh, I think I w- this is a better world. Man, if we can go back in time, just with, not with have no, rock music. With everyone just obeying the man and not making, you know. You wouldn't have the corruption of MTV. Uh, we would have. Christ. No? People... MTV would have eventually become MTV a thing. MTV would have totally still become not. a thing. Are you going to... Did Mr. Sandman have a music video? I don't think so. No, but... It, it had a promo video. I love how you were just... I love it this scenario in Bikes World. Anything past 1950, any songs was never written. Everybody just doesn't cover <laughs> Mr. Sandman. <laughs> there were no songs written besides Mr. Sandman. Sexual <laughs> healing? Get it out of here. <laughs> the Dawson's Creek theme song? Nope. Tyler Drama's next hit, Mrs. Sandman. Mr. Sandman! Mr. Sandman! Oh my god, the worst the hit the world has been yearning for. Yo, Mr. Sandman. Yeah? <laughs> Run DMC's Mr. Sandman would be sick. <laughs> I'm now going to have our intern look up some Mr. Sandman covers. What would, like, Biggie and Tupac? <laughs> <laughs> I want to live in this world now, too. <laughs> this is just like... Like... We will just build a better one. This is a better world. Ron, I want your thoughts on... Rock and roll music really destroyed a lot of things. (laughs) Rock is kind of... I love punk punk rock, but like... Yeah. Yeah. Like all the great punk rock songs, like um, God Save the Queen and um, uh, London Calling and Mr. Sandman. (laughs) Ron, what's your take on this? Um... I don't want to think about a world without rock music, personally. Um, Why, you don't want to miss, you know, not believe that you don't live in a better world? I would rather, uh, rock music makes it a better world, Mike. I feel like Apocalypse, an age of Apocalypse, where he's like, we will build. And from the ashes of that world, we'll build a better one. Better one. We're going to get rid of rock music. Jazz from 10 to 6 every day. <laughs> Imagine if people just jammed out to, like, the Star Wars theme. Just instrumentals. I mean... And then Mr. Sandman is what's edgy. Have you ever to be heard? fair... I have jammed out to the Star Wars, but the disco version. Because that just Yeah, the Walter slaps. Murphy disco. If everyone could listen to Debossy, like, you know, that'd be, that'd be great. Love him. He's one of my favorite composers. Um, I don't know. I think the world would kind of suck without rock like you, music. You put on you put on Z100 or iHeartRadio and like Beethoven's the fifth just blares out. <laughs>
All right, coming to you live from New York City is Mike, Beethoven's The Fifth. Mike, music would still be made. They're not, just, they're not just recycling the same songs. ABBA would be huge. I don't think I could stress this enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'd have Dancing Queen eventually. Oh, disco music would still be around. I don't know. Disco music did definitely rely a lot of on like guitar and drums. So I don't think you could have that. To be fair, disco music also did like influence a lot of modern music so modern music would be completely out the door so i think it would just be non-stop covers of mr sandman if i'm being honest i really <laughs> wish i never brought this up to you guys now <laughs> <laughs> you know all the all the songs from uh the 50s like mr sandman and um and mr sandman uh God, man. Did and they who, make can, another song and who can forget Mr. Sandman? <laughs> and how about that old earworm, Mr. Sandman? Hey. And Beethoven's the fifth. Did and you Beethoven's guys hear this fifth. new bop, Mr. Sandman? Oh, my God. You fucking kidding me right now? I love Mr. Sandman. <laughs> this sounds like a great world to me. <laughs> Just nothing but Mr. Sandman. Everybody's wearing nice suits and hats. Everyone whistling Everybody... to the tune of Mr. Sandman is they're walking down the street to the grocery store. Mike, I would shoot myself in this world if they only sang Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make her complexion like peaches and cream. Give her two lips like roses and clover. And tell me that my lonesome nights are over. Mr. Sandman. Everybody's got a Model T. Like this we literally just did the favorite decades thing. <laughs> we literally just did the favorite decades like a couple episodes ago. Why didn't you fucking say that then? <laughs> I want to live in the forties <laughs> because I didn't think in that because rock music existed in the eighties, so I might as well kept with the eighties. But if rock music didn't exist in nineteen, 1940- well, in that scenario, then it didn't exactly. happen. Rock music didn't exist in the forties. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, the 40s or the 50s would probably be the best time. No, the 50s, because 50s had rock music. So, the 40s, post-World War II, would have been the best time. Mike, in another life, you were, you were definitely a rock music is worshipping the devil music. <laughs> you were one of those people. Oh, think about it. Like, you'd have Superman, Batman. You'd have Captain America. Because we'd you all have everybody be Captain else. America. I don't think any of those kind of relate to rock music, but <laughs> no rock rock music. They I were mean, all rock, made before rock music. Rock music made people edgy. They made things people like take like risks, and you know, they corrupted like the youth in people's minds, and that's where all these things came from. So without that, you would just have like the classics. Are, are you doing a bit right now? I can't tell. No, I think he's actually being very serious, which is concerning. I think we need to move on. <laughs> Otherwise, Mike is going to build a time machine and this universe will exist. Mike is going to go back to the 1940s he's when going, Rocky and all their to, satanic ways didn't exist. He was going to get into a time machine with a gun and shoot Bill Haley in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Haley and uh, and all, and then drive to the asteroid belt and shoot all the comets in the way. 
Mr. Sandman. Yeah. Okay. Ron, I think it's your turn. Is it my turn? Get us out of this hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I unleashed this into the world. Actually, fellows, we're going to stick to the 1940s. And I'm actually going to take you back to a magical time called mid-1947. Everything was going great for Americans up to that point. Picture, if you will, mid-1947. Everyone had a Ford Model T, and everyone was celebrating because the war was over, and the 1950s were right around the corner, honey. Bing Crosby was still huge, but unfortunately, in Roswell, New Mexico, they had other plans. But what if those plans weren't uninterrupted by visitors from another planet? What if people just had a normal mid-American day? That's my what if. What if Ros the Roswell incident never happened? Ron, dun, dun, dun. are you swinging your pocket watch as you're talking? <laughs> I think you do that voice very well. What's behind the scary door? Dateline, Marshall Islands! <laughs> Yeah, so my thing is, what if the Roswell incident happened? Um, I can tell you one thing. It didn't happen. Or did what happen. If Ros- what if the no, Roswell... it did happen. You said it didn't happen. Yeah, what if it? What if the Roswell incident... What if the whole media mess behind the Roswell incident and the balloon that was the UFO never like landed there? What if that never happened? Well, first of all, we would have never gotten the X-Files, so there you go, David David Duchovny's career. Um... <laughs> Uh, we still would have had Mr. Sandman. Great, fantastic. That's the only what if, question I had. What if in this the line. aliens brought that song to put us in a trance? Hold on, I need I... tinfoil for this. <laughs> Hold on, let me grab my tinfoil. Uh, friggin', I I now know how to get out of my next work event. Just make a tinfoil hat. This is brilliant. Yeah, no, uh, I think if. The Roswell incident happened. I think there would be a lot less like questioning of like some government like motives, and I think conspiracy theories on the whole would be a lot less prevalent today. Because like you know, for years and years after that incident, uh, like even after like the official uh, Freedom of Information Act request uh, came through, and I think like the early nineties. Like, uh, basically, like, the official account of what happened. Like, people, like, were just questioning that. And some people still say it was aliens, even though, basically, it's been almost proven that it, you know, was just, like, a weather balloon. And nope, there's no proof. Even though it's been, like, almost proven that it's, like, a weather there balloon. There is no proof. And even let though some... outside, outside of the redacted, reprinted statement in the Roswell Times... There is no proof that it was a weather balloon. Just let so Ron the, finish, please. So the Freedom of Information Act is completely wrong, Mike, and the official governmental account of what happened is also wrong? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. This is going to take a turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think that the, the most important Roswell-based pop culture piece of media would have never happened, which is also 
one of my favorite episodes of Futurama where oh, Fry goes yes. back and has sex with his grandmother. But yeah, I just think uh How about you know, these I... cookies, sugar? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then Bender buries his head in the sand for a thousand years. What was Put it like? <laughs> what was it like? Pull me back. <laughs> um yeah, I think there would be a lot less conspiracy theories. I think there would, oddly enough, be a lot more trust in the government until Vietnam. And then uh, I just think that there would be a lot less interest in, like, aliens and, like, alien-type lore if Roswell never happened. I think that, at least for this country, that was something that just kind of exposed mainstream audiences to, like, oh, what is this? What is this thing? There might be little green visitors from another planet. My God, I never even considered that. You know, like that. So, so I'll yeah, go first think? because I know Mike has a is going to go off for like a half hour on this. Well, he can argue wrong about the facts all he wants. Okay, so um, not to be a super downer, I do think that um, people would not still be as trusting with the government because of Vietnam, because of Watergate, because of JFK's assassination. Like even after what is it like 60 years they still haven't given us all the facts of of all that um plus the internet being a thing where anybody could just make up like a creepypasta like slenderman as like a joke at first and now it's actually (laughs) a part of north american like cryptozoology lore so like people with free time and an imagination can pretty much think up of anything on the internet that being said i do believe in aliens um (laughs) i do think that ufos are real and are a thing um but that's like i'm not going to argue because mike is much better at talking about this sort of stuff than i am but like i it would be interesting in terms of you quote unquote UFO activity because I think Roswell was like the first time that it was like covered by the media, by the national media, and ever since then there were more and more reports of seeing UFOs and all of this sort of stuff. And so it could have been just mob mentality with that. I will give you that, Ron. Um huh. But at the same time, as a believer, I can't just say that they don't exist because I'm of the people that I would much rather believe, I would much like to believe that we are not alone than we are alone because I think being alone in the universe is a much scarier thought, personal. But yeah, that's pretty much my opinion. I'm sure once you guys bring stuff up, I'll think of more stuff. I would... Before Mike goes, I would like to clarify, I do not believe that we are alone in the universe. I believe that there are other life forms out there, but I do not believe that we have ever been visited. So I believe that aliens are real, but they just have not been to Earth. That's my official stand. Mike? Put it on your seatbelts, boys. <laughs> June 14th, 1947. Mac Brazel. Can you do it in the? Was, can you do it in the voice? I could try. Oh. Here it comes. 
Give me a second. Take a sip of the beverage. <laughs> That's staining. <laughs> June 14th, 1947. Back Brazel, a foreman working on his ranch in Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> Noticed some debris and wreckage about 50 kilometers north of his ranch. What happened next? Well, you see, Mac paid not... Mac didn't pay him too much attention. I will practice this, and then I will get better at it. Spitting his, wrist, his pocket watch as he's talking. Mac Brazel paid little attention to this. He came back, found what he believed to be debris. Uh, there was large areas of bright wreckage with rubber strips, tinfoil, um, different pieces of metal. Uh, had different uh, odd markings on them that he could not recognize or read. On the July 8th newspaper of the Roswell Daily Record, they had announced in a headline that the Air Force had captured a flying saucer on the ranch. They later redacted that headline. Why would they have written that headline if they didn't have a spaceship? Eyewitness testimony from not only the sheriff, but Mac Brazel himself, Mac Brazel's son, Army... Uh, Army Rangers, not Rangers, Army Soldiers that arrived at the scene all reported and all covered up the area that there was indeed, in fact, a disc-shaped object that was discovered along with bodies. Bodies resembling or the size of small children. That is not a weather balloon. That is a spaceship from another world. And we found it. Now, we have a spaceship but your what if is what if that spaceship never crashed? So I'm going to go with that. However, I am going to curtail this for another episode of the podcast because I have a lot to say about this incident and the preceding things that follow. We noticed. Yeah. <laughs> now you know how I feel. <laughs> Major Je- For the record, Major Jesse Marcel held up a piece of paper in a photograph that was taken and put in the newspaper where the supposed weather balloon wreckage was planted. Mind you, the wreckage looked brand new. When you zoom in and read the piece of paper that is in his hand, the words disc, saucer, not of this world, and all things of the like can be read. So, why would they read that? Why would the government type that in an official memo and Jesse Marcel have it in his hands? Not only that, Jesse Marcel's family later said that they he had to bring wreckage back. They held it in their hand. Metal that when you bent it or crumbled it, it folds back up perfectly. I'm not going to keep going on this. <laughs> now you really riled them up, Ron. <laughs> if Roswell didn't happen, the UFO craze would still have occurred. The reason is, is because... Extraterrestrials took interest of our planet as soon as we detonated the nuclear bomb. By detonating the nuclear bomb, a civilization has entered into the first phase of interstellar travel. You need nuclear technology to do so. Okay. How is that? So that was the first thing that we did. How is that proven? In order to, so most of the spacecraft that we send to like probes and to things other planets is run on nuclear technology. Right. We don't have capabilities to travel that far on propulsion alone you would need some kind of a engine that could make energy 
perpetual, almost limitless amount of energy with just a little bit of fuel. So far, nuclear power is the only way to do that. Nuclear power, and by detonating the bomb, eventually leads to nuclear... That's nuclear fusion. It eventually leads to nuclear fission, which is a much cleaner form of that form of energy. It's a process because you enter the nuclear age. And look how far we've advanced since then because of all the things we discovered with it. Plus two, mind you, there was an idea proposed that if you launched a nuclear explosion from a spacecraft, how fast it could push propel you in space, you can go, I think it was a quarter of the speed of light but from the energy alone of one bomb. So take that with the, digest that one. So extraterrestrials took notice of our planet once we detonated the bomb. In prior to Roswell, there was an incident where the Air Force, an Air Force pilot, was chasing down unidentified flying objects, and they were circling around his craft, his space, his airplane. During World War II, the both sides, the Axis and the Allies, had combated Foo Fighters, where there were craft unlike anything anybody's ever seen before. And everybody thought that the other side had this technology. Didn't re- but post, didn't rend- post-war, nobody was able to find didn't it. Didn't Rendlesham Forest happen before Roswell also? Re- Rendlesham Forest happened after. Oh, okay. Rendlesham Forest, I think, was in the 80s. Oh, I thought it was in the 50s for so that was in, No, that was in the UK. Oh, right. You may be thinking of... It's a nuclear silo. You may, th- you may be thinking of Kecksburg, which happened in Pennsylvania in the early 60s. Or the mid-60s. Uh, that was where they discovered a crashed wreckage of a spaceship that resembled a bell. Mm-hmm. And many people attribute that to the Nazi bell project. That was supposed to be uh, a spaceship that the Germans made. Um, many say that it's a time machine. Nobody knows for sure. But it was a bell-shaped domed craft that crashed in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. That the government found. So I think eventually we would have found uh, wreckage. Uh, the Soviet Union also got has a few wreckages that they've had of their own. So I think the UFO craze would have still happened. Uh, many people may have just dis- would dismiss these for something else. Maybe government technology. I think people would have trusted the government a lot more than they did. I think pop culture would have been influenced because you would have not had the big science fiction boom of the 1950s. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I think the alien craze really, really pushed that, propelled that. You may have still had it a little bit here and there um, because technically Superman was an alien, but like it wouldn't have been... You wouldn't have things like Plan 9 from Outer Space or even War of the Worlds, the movie. I mean, the book was written, but you wouldn't have had the movie. Are you um, sure War of the Worlds was written? Enter! You wouldn't have had, you would not have had Invasion of the Body Snatchers and the like. I think those eventually would have come later, but I think you would have had the next UFO incident <laughs> crash, War- rather. 1897. Yeah, War of the Worlds was written in the 1800s. <laughs> right, the book would have been around, but I'm saying the movie. Because the movie came out in the fifties. What was also the? Um... Well, they also did the Orson Welles thing. Yeah, I was just about to ask one. That was like in the thirties, though, wasn't it? Hold on. 
pretty sure. That happened in New Jersey. I still think people would have... Yeah, the, the, the Orson Welles thing happened in 1938. <laughs> people would have still speculated about aliens, but I think that the, the crash, whether it be Kecksburg or another one, would have happened after that, whether it be in the 50s or the 60s. And then that one would have been... The new Roswell. The new Roswell. I think eventually you would have had one that became Roswell. And that would have been polarized into this big spiel. And then you would have gotten the UFO craze and boom after that. Like the, with in terms of pop culture. Um, I think the city of Roswell would not have gotten the economic boom that the crash brought to it. <laughs> oh. That it sees to this day. <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely not. Like... No, they'd still be um, like a random unknown town. I think pop culture, like I said before, would have been greatly influenced or not influenced. Um, so you would have had maybe science fiction would have taken a turn to more steampunk. Uh, we could have gone that route in the fifties. That probably would have been better. I would hate to live in that world. Could have gone a more fantasy route with the cause Lord of the Rings came out around that time. I'm pretty sure that's not true, but Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit. The book? Hold on, I'm interning right now. The Hobbit came out in 1937. When did Lord of the Rings come out? The 50s, 54. Okay, so you had Lord of the Rings, so maybe you would have gotten a fantasy type. Uh, pop culture would have been influenced by fantasy. Uh, I think something would have filled in that void. I'm not sure what. Uh, you could have still had robots. Uh, I know robots and aliens were linked a lot. Trans- yeah. I'm not sure why they were but they were so you could have still gotten robots of some sort alien robots transformers transformers that was the 80s but i think that the next crash would have been more polarized and glamorized and i think that quite possibly the government may not have known how to cover it up as well and plus we had better technology then so in the 60s more people had cameras more people had video cameras. Mm-hmm. It was easier to communicate things. So I think people could have taken photos of it or gotten ahead of it. And then the later decades that preceded, I think it would have been more and more likely that the answer would have gotten out. Um, if you look today in 2020, um, a couple of years ago, they acknowledged the existence of Area 51. They also revealed this year alone that the U.S. Navy had scrimmages with unidentified flying objects where naval pilots could not keep up with the unidentified craft. Just because it's, and, just because it's a UFO doesn't mean it's an alien. And? Yeah. Uh, sure. And last week alone, they had to redact a statement in the New York Times that we had crashed uh, objects from other worlds. And I'm going to save this for a podcast for another day. All right. Because I like aliens. Um, <laughs> we noticed. Yeah, Mike, I really want to, uh, I really want to hotly debate you on this because I had my intern feeding me some, uh, some facts from Wikipedia, completely debunking Roswell. So yeah, if we could just talk about this another time, I think that'd be great. Nothing, but, yeah, I think... What a great sentence. <laughs> Uh, sci-fi definitely would have taken a hit in terms of pop culture if Roswell never happened. Yeah. Because you may have not had Star Wars. 
Dun, 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 dun. My life. Nothing but Star Wars. <laughs> That's what I said. Right. All right. Interesting to think about. Let us know what you think at Pop Culture Fed on Twitter and at Pop underscore Culture underscore Fed on Instagram. All right, Mike. I want. I want you to work on your uh, old-timey voice so a year from now you could do that same spiel that you did with Aliens but in that voice. I'll do the whole debate. <laughs> yeah, voice. see? Picture, picture, if you will, Mike E. talking about Aliens in this voice. I'll even dress up in a 1947 attire. Your entrance <laughs> so basically what you wear every day. Yeah, your entrance music will be Mr. Sandman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you don't uh, believe in aliens, though. I don't understand why you don't believe in Roswell, but you believe in aliens. But you talk. Are you talking to me? Yes. Talking to both of you. Yeah. I, well, again, I, I believe just... in Roswell. <laughs> Let's. I don't. Hold on. Believe... Let's end the show, and we'll talk about this when we're not recording. Fine. Say it. <laughs> Live long and prosper, mom. <laughs> Bye, Matt's mom. <laughs> <laughs>